This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go hey, It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, welcome to the second half of the MLB season for the Oakland Athletics and the rest of the 29 teams. Chris Townsend with you here in San Francisco at the NBC Studios, along with Commander Cody. We are fired up, but I I got something. I, I, I feel different today. I feel absolute. How am I feeling? You want to know how I'm feeling? Uh. Yes, I think everyone does. I want you to play a little song to tell you how I'm feeling today to start the second half. Little Gene Autry. I think Angels. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. Remember when you were a kid and you'd wake up and you know your parents are not up because they were drinking with their whatever family the night before. But you got to wake them up because you're dying to get out to see what Santa Claus brought you. It's, you can't sleep the night before because it's Christmas morning. We're getting to watch batting practice here from the studios. This is better than the view that we have when we're actually on the field there at the Coliseum. We're getting to see the entire batting practice. All right, that's enough. Well, I was going to let play through. I'm just kidding. At least turn it down. Oh, that's it. We're good. I mean, that's what it feels like. I know it's Christmas in July, but. This is, I mean, it, it's Christmas in July. Somebody actually has a uh, Christmas in July parade in California. Uh, why? But I'm not surprised. Everyone loves I can't remember who it is. I saw in the news. Everyone loves the holiday season. Uh, yeah, there's a bar in Green Bay, Wisconsin that that is, because I went there with the Raiders, uh, that's year-round Christmas. It's decorated year-round. They got the trains going and everything's decorated with lights year-round Christmas. I got to tell you, I feel like it's Christmas Day. If you're an A's fan right now, no matter how tough things have been, if you're still going to stick with, okay, the baseball process, I don't know how today is not an exciting day. 
because it's been a long time. You know, it's been a long time since the draft has done anything. It was a long time ago Matt Olson was was drafted. It was a long time ago Matt Chapman. Quite a few years, Sean Murphy. You haven't really seen anything. You've been waiting. All right, where's the next? We're always waiting for the next. Once, once it ends, and this always happens, you have a run, it ends. You have a run, it ends. Well, we've been talking about who is or where are the next guys to take us from the darkness to the light. And it's finally here. I've been so tired of writing these names in my scorebook day after day of non-competitive, this is awful. You can say what you want. You can make whatever excuse you want. It's been non-competitive. You can blame whoever who you want, but bottom line is you sign guys to compete and they couldn't compete, and they're terrible. And these are guys that are veteran guys who have played Major League Baseball and they got a track record. I'm tired of seeing him. I'm tired of seeing them. I've been tired of seeing them, and I've been showing me the young guys. Damn it, give me the young guys. I'm tired of watching 200. I'm tired of watching guys over 30. I'm tired of people telling me that the Oakland A's are this young rebuilding team when you got a bunch of 30-year-olds on the team. They have not been. For the last two years, I've been saying it, and I've been saying it, and I know people got tired of hearing it. They weren't young. When you're 28 or older, you're not young in our game. That's not the future. 31, 32, 36, get out of here. It's time to play the young guys. And they're finally here. Come on down. We saw I've seen I've I've seen Zach Geloff one time. I was with you. When he was playing in Sacramento, we were in San Jose watching Stockton against the San Jose Giants. And the ports were in town, and I saw Geloff and he was playing third base, and I went, I like the way that guy looks. And I know Moneyball, we're not selling jeans. I like the way he looks. He's big and he can swing it. Well, now he's a second baseman. I don't care where the hell you put him. Put him in the lineup. I've been telling you, Tyler Soderstrom is a prodigy. His father is going to join us. Steve is going to join us here in a few minutes. The pride of Fresno State. Got a cup of coffee with the Giants. Former first-round pick. This kid's been a prodigy. He's been playing. His dad's been training guys. For years, and Soderstrom has grown up playing with these guys who are older than him. He's been a prodigy. Let's go. Let's see him in the lineup. Let's see the future. Let's see the future now. Stop giving me a bunch of old guys that can't hit and who are part-time players. Tired of it. I saw Soderstrom play this weekend. And then finally, we're seeing it. And also, more great news. So not only is Soderstrom here, Soderstrom was ranked number 34 overall by MLB Pipeline. You got Geloff, rate number three in our system. Uh, they're showing somebody's parents. I don't know who the parents are. We're, we're getting to see who's in the ballpark right now. But there's also more great news, Ace fans. Lawrence Butler promoted to AAA. Brett Harris promoted to AAA. Daryl Hernandez promoted to AAA. We just had Bobby Crosby on talking about these guys and what they mean to the future of the A's. The future is coming. Because once you get to AAA, 
That means you're not that far away from the big leagues. And if you have someone like Lawrence Butler go up to AAA and light it up, that means, I mean, at worst, what, you see him in September? At worst? Yeah. I mean, now we as A's fans, we got something to watch. And there's going to be great nights. There's going to be nights that are a struggle. But it gives you something to watch. It gives you hope. It gives you a future. And this is what's finally here. So you get to see Soderstrom. I still predicted. Who did I predict at the beginning of the year to lead the lead, lead the team in home runs? Uh, that'd be Tyler Soderstrom. Tyler Soderstrom. He's got a second half to do it to catch Brent Rooker. Let's Rooker have 15 or 16? I think 14. Who do you have? We had two before the All-Star break. So yeah, I remember he was on 12 forever. Uh, I think Rooker now has, let's see. Brent Rooker has 16 home runs. 16. That's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough haul to catch him. I mean, that's a month for Otani. He can do it. So, I mean, it's a good day. This is a, I mean, if I feel like it's Christmas, I'm running out. I'm 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 looking to see what Santa left us. What did Santa bring? He brought me a Soderstrom, he brought me a Geloff. And then I'm here for my birthday later on after 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 Christmas, I might be getting a Lawrence Butler, a Brett Harrison, a Daryl Hernandez. Hernandez is someone kind of under the radar. Cole Irvin, part of the Cole Irvin trade with the Orioles. I mean, Bobby Crosby talked him up, and Bobby's not going to just sugarcoat things. Bobby Crosby loves this guy, loves him. I mean, this kid could be the true shortstop of the future. Nick Allen, you better start playing and you better start hitting. I mean, this is what you this is where this goes back to for you 49er fans. Pretty funny. Uh yesterday, still in Orange County, on vacation, uh at El Torito's next to the airport before I uh flew back home. No, two nights ago. NFL Network was airing the legendary game of the Niners two thousand eleven against the Saints. Oh, it was a great game. Great game. I was there. So to go back for you 49er fans, Jim Harbaugh said what about players inside your own organization? It's a famous, famous quote that a lot of people have used for a long, long time. You don't know. I don't remember. Iron sharpens iron. That's what you're getting. You want to play? You want to play? You better hit. And you know what? Veteran guys, this is the tough conversation, right? This is the tough conversation. Well, hey, listen, what about my at-bats? Um, you're hitting 200. You know why we're calling these guys up finally? Because you're hitting 200. Because we gave you months. We gave you months. Alemis Diaz, Jace Peterson, Tony Kemp, you got months. You didn't hit. You want to see Rusinski some more? Nope. Aguilar, you're already gone. The future is now. Finally, the future is now. And this takes us through the second half. This takes us into spring training. It takes us into the offseason. It gives us something to watch and to care about, and it gives us a reason to show up and be fired up every day. Well, let me tell you something. I'm fired up. 
because I've been calling for this, and we've been rewarded. The young guys are finally here. Let Shea Langoliers play. Fail or succeed. Nick Allen, let's go. The guy in the box right now, Ryan. Well, they can't see, but Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda. Ruiz. What are you going to be, Ruiz? Because right now, Ruiz, fun as hell to watch at times, and at other times, he's frustrating. His defense stinks. He makes bad decisions. He can't bunt, and he doesn't walk. But what does he do? He hits. He's got the hit tool. The one time where we can't use that, he gets on base. And he can run. Let's see him get better. Let's see Ruiz get better. Let's see Noda still play. Let's see Soderstrom play. Let's see Langoliers. And hopefully we'll see Butler and Harris. And at some point, Denzel Clark come on down. Max Muncy, 2.0, promoted to double A. Correct. Yes, talent, young talent. Not a lot of this garbage that you got in trades that's amounted to nothing. Let's face it. These trades, we we you know we have to praise it. I you know, but these trades have amounted to not so much of it is nothing. Yeah, we we just saw one of the guys get let go from the organization and claimed by the Mariners, Adam Aller. Where are your guys all these years? Where's the first rounders, second rounders, third rounders, fourth rounders? Where are they? Where are they? Who are you drafting, and why are you drafting these guys, and why are they not getting to the big leagues? Well, now they're starting to. No more excuses. Let's see. Because remember, for a while, we were talking about how the only guys that the A's drafted on the field at a certain time were Hogan Harris and Seth Brown. This was before Nick Allen came. Now you have Nick Allen, too, but that, that was Seth it. Seth Brown taken in, what, the 26th round? Uh, what was, round was he? Like 15th or 16th. Still oh, 19th, I think. Yeah, still later in the draft. Hogan Harris was the third rounder. If you're sitting here in a rebuild and you're bragging that Seth Brown's the one guy you drafted. It's not. That's not good. But. That's not good. And then if you're like looking like, hey, man, we had to ditch all these players and we went out and got traded for a bunch of guys that none of them are showing up, half of them you traded for were hurt and they continue to be hurt, it was a tough sell. Trust us, we got to sell it every day. You know what? This is something to sell. I want to watch Tyler Soderstrom get four to five at-bats every single night. I want to watch him play first. I want to watch him DH. I want to watch him catch. I want to see him get a glove and go out into left field. He's a good enough athlete. He can do it. We'll have his father on in two minutes. In two minutes. DHing hitting fifth tonight. So Geloff, I want to see Geloff second base. Unless Geloff is tired, I want Geloff at second base. I don't care who's pitching. Second base hitting sixth tonight. Nolan Ryan or Sandy Koufax could be on the mound. I want the kid in there. But what about no, 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 not about what abouts? That's a tough guy. Then that's a, that's the tough conversation that Mark Kotze's got to have with the veteran guys. Sorry, I went with you as long as I could, right? I mean, are, are you trying to tell me they didn't get ample amount of time in at bats? No, they did. That whole first half, oh, ninety plus games. Well, it was ninety. You had games. more than a first half. If your name is whoever. You had more than an entire first half and got plenty of at-bats to say to yourself, I should be playing every single day. And there's energy. There's, I mean, look at our social platforms. Look, I mean, you don't think there's going to be energy in the clubhouse? You don't think there's going to be energy in the dugout? When everybody starts to know the young guys are coming? I mean, it, 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 it. It's great for the ball club. Do we have Steve? 
Steve, welcome back to A's Cast Live. Congratulations. I know this is such a huge moment for your family. Uh, we've talked about it. We knew it was finally going to happen. But what is it like as a proud papa? Your son is in the big leagues. Um, pretty much. There's not too many words to explain it, but getting ready to watch him take batting practice for the first time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're in the studio in San Francisco, and we're at, we actually have a camera on batting practice right now. We can't wait to see it. Uh, just talk about what what the mentality is like for your son right now, what you guys have talked about, because obviously you have the experience being a number one pick and playing in the Major League Baseball uh, for the San Francisco Giants. Just talk about what the conversation you guys have had before this game. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's kind of been a crazy week. Uh, my mom actually passed July 4th. So we had, and then he was in the Future Stars game. So it's been a wild week. We uh, flew to Seattle. She plays in the Future Stars game. We come home for my mom's funeral on Tuesday, who he was pretty close with. So it was, it was a hard day. And then yeah. we wake up Wednesday morning and he gets the call and he's going to the big leagues. Um, just a huge, crazy you know, range of emotions. And uh, so yesterday, you know, he's like, hey, Dad, we got to go down and hit the barn. So I was like, let's go. And so, you know, we were hitting, and I was, you know, kind of waiting for a good time just to, you know, chat with him because he was hitting with a couple of his buddies uh, that had just been drafted to. And we uh, finally got home, and I said, I said, how you doing? Like, you know, you got a big day coming up. And he said, Dad, he goes, it's just another baseball game. And I said, well, it's actually not. But um, <laughs> so his, uh, it was funny to listen to him. He goes, Dad, it's just another game with a different, with a different guy on the mound. And I said, well, I, I appreciate that. But I said, the day's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. You're going to have to try to control your emotions. But you're right. You got to, you know, you got to take it as another game and, and, and try to enjoy it as much as you can. I know my day, my day was, I was so nervous. I don't think I could, I didn't enjoy it as much. And I said, just take today and get out to the field early and take it in and, and really enjoy it. Then, then it's baseball, right? The guy's going to, he's got to throw it over the plate. And if he throws it over the plate, you got to hammer it. So that was kind of our conversation. Yeah, it's so tough to tell somebody just enjoy the day. I mean, obviously you you went through it after a great career at Fresno State and getting drafted by the Giants. I mean, that it, it, it you want to impart your wisdom, but it's so hard for these young kids. You remember what you were like. It's so hard for these young kids to really realize. But, yeah, this is such a special day to just sit back and really enjoy every moment of it because it's going to go by so fast. It's going to go by fast, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around that he's only 21. Um, I think I broke in at 24. Um you know, this game seems to be getting younger and younger. And, you know, here he is at 21, going to make his debut. And, um, I mean, obviously special day. And um, he's, you know, been waiting for this day since he was drafted back in, in 20. So, great day. I just, you know, I, you know baseball. So, it's, you know, just something he's got to try to enjoy and just take away what he gets out of it. Now, you got a lot of people that are coming up from the Central Valley. Actually, one of my former teammates at San Jose State is going to be here, a friend of yours, Mike Carrig, and your guys' kids grew up, and I got to actually the text from him that, that uh, your son was coming up. Just 
How, how big is the traveling party from the Central Valley coming up here for this game? Well, just the amount of texts and calls I've got, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good crowd. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people along the way that not just us, but, you know, put a lot of time into him. And I know, you know, a lot of them are coming. So um, it's going to be pretty wild. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a big turnout from the Central Valley for sure. You know, when I think about him growing up and, and, and you teaching a lot of people there in the Central Valley, let's just remind people that your son has been playing against or older competition his entire life, which has helped groomed him and help him play older than he actually is. Just talk about how competitive and how he grew up always playing against older guys, and it's one of the reasons why I, I don't think he's going to be o overwhelmed when he comes up. Yeah, you know, we he was always around. I mean, I, I go back to, like, just, you know, Brett Cumberland and, and Kevin Kramer, some guys that would work out with at our facility, and, you know, when he was 12, and those guys were, you know, in college and breaking in, and, you know, we'd get, you know, these guys would break out the iron mic machine, right, and we'd be throwing, or not the iron mic, but the three-wheel machines, and, you know, he was, you know, we, I was a big always into, like, hey, you can't be comfortable, like, in, when we're working out all the time. It's got to be you got to be in a game situation that's stressful. So he was, you know, he's faced guys, like you said, that are older. He's been facing, you know, off the machine when he was younger, you know, 95 miles an hour, and we and, it, and he struggled. But when you do it all the time and, you you know, you got to learn with failure sometimes. So I was always a big component and be around older guys and just, you know, try to fit in best you can. You might not do it, but it's going to help you in the long run. Now, the last time we talked to you, we talked about what a good athlete he is. I, I know he's been catching for so long. They've now had him playing first base. Long-term, where do you think long-term defensively he fits in the big leagues? Yeah, you know, that's I, – I mean, I want him to catch as long as he can. Um, I think he can do it. I know there's some – there's a lot of opinions out there that says he can't, but um, – you know, as he gets older, I think he can do it. But, I, you know, I, I'm also a believer in, um, you know, if you're squatting back there for 150 games, it's obviously going to take a toll on your bat. So, um, I mean, I love the idea of him catching a couple days a week and, and, and you know, also mixing in at first base, DH. Um, you know, I think the game is, and again, this is my opinion, but I think the more versatile the yards, get in the lineup I mean he just wants in the lineup so he said if he can get to the big leagues he'll play anywhere he wants so and he's here now and so it's going to be interesting to see where where they end up you've also got to see Zach Geloff play what do you think of his game um Zach is just another kid that's coming up that's got great bat the ball I mean just his he's a patient hitter but he can also you know put do some damage when he's swinging and, and again he's He's another athletic kid that you can play almost anywhere, too. So um, I'm just excited that he got to come up with him. They came up at the same time. Um, you know, he's played with Cody Thomas here that's out. So, you know, Lede. So it's, it's nice that at least he's played with some guys this year and he's comfortable. Um, you know, he got some time in spring training to get to know a lot of the older guys, which is good. So um, it's exciting. And, and they're all just such good baseball players. I got to tell you, for A's fans, it's like Christmas Day. We've been waiting for these kids for a long, long time. Hey, next time we do this, 
We usually do the show on the field for day games, but I got to be in San Francisco today to do television. So next time we do this, let's do this in person on the field. I'd love to. All right, congratulations. I know how much this means to you, how much it means to your family. I'm sorry for your loss of your mother, but a very special day. So I know he's going to enjoy it, but you enjoy it too because you've worked real hard to to help make this happen. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you guys getting me on. And, uh, yeah, definitely going to try to enjoy it myself. I don't know where uh, I might find myself in the upper duck somewhere, so I can kind of hide, but we'll see. Hey, congratulations. Enjoy. Thank you. Talking to you. Former number one pick by the San Francisco Giants. He was a great pitcher out of Fresno State. Ended up getting uh, called up with the San Francisco Giants. And then now he's just a proud papa. Steve Soderstrom, a lot of people from the 90s will remember him. He was uh, one of the top prospects in all of baseball. He was a star at Fresno State. Got a chance to uh, play against him. Uh, a guy that I played with, Mike Carrick, whose son was just drafted. I believe in the second round by the Arizona Diamondbacks is going to be there tonight because they all hang out where, and then Mike's kid is friends with, with Tyler. So oh, there he is. There he is. We're watching him take BP. Now he looks, he is filled out as a man. That is the one thing. So in spring training, this is the first time we got to see him because of course we have everybody here on ACE cast live. And then, he was picked what year? 2020. Yeah, it was in year. the COVID year. Yeah. So we didn't get to see him, right? We only saw him on Zoom. Yeah. Or I, what were we on? Google, Google Meets. Meets, yeah. We only got to see him on Google Meets. And, you know, he looked like a high school kid. But he looked developed for a high school kid. So this year, he comes out. If you got to watch the spring training shows, we had him on in spring training. And he came out, and you're like, uh, he's grown into a man. Yeah. He, he didn't look like a high schooler. He doesn't look like a developed high schooler like he did last time we saw him. He looks like a man at the plate now. If you missed the interview, youtube.com slash athletics is cast live playlist. You can find every interview from spring training, including Soderstrom. Yeah, he's no joke now. He's he's legit. I saw him play in the Futures game Saturday. He looked great. I know he only, I think he ended up going one for three, but still. He one had a for walk. two. I one think. for two with a walk, yeah. yeah. Lawrence Butler was 0 for 3, but Lawrence Butler, it was good to see those guys playing the game. The new, what did, what did Lawrence Butler coined it? The new Oakland? New Oakland. New Oakland's here, man. Yeah, those and the guys that are coming it's up. It's here. I mean, folks, if you're sticking with us from the baseball standpoint, new Oakland's here. And the fact that as thrilled as I am now to see Soderstrom, as thrilled as I am to see Geloff, I'm also thrilled, can't say it enough, Butler, Harris, and Hernandez all called up to AAA. And Muncie to AA. So, you know, that's two yeah. levels below, but still. Guy's coming. Yeah. It's guys coming. And then they drafted, what, 11 whatever pitchers? 11 pitchers. 11 out of the 21 or whatever it was? Yeah, 11. Yeah. 11, yeah. I mean. Freddie Tarnock's up, too. Another guy. I know he's from the Braves. Yeah. But so it's we another... haven't announced that yet? Yeah. He's on there. We've announced. Yeah. We've... Yeah. Because we, we interviewed. Today's the Marcotze show. It's a Friday, right? And but we did it at 9 a.m. And Kotze was talking about, yeah, we're calling up Freddie Tarnock. I'm like, we haven't announced that yet. So Freddie Tarnock, who that's part of the the Braves trade, he was he was was he Murph or was he Olson? He was uh, he was Murph. He's Murph, yeah. Yeah. So he's in the Sean Murphy trade. Let's go. We need to get something out of these trades. So those three are up. 
And then what else happened? Left-handed pitcher Le- Richard Lovelady, 15-day injured list, retroactive July 11th with a strained Poor left forearm. Lo- Lovelady, you know, before he got hurt, was throwing the ball well. Yeah. He's a, I thought he was a very good left-handed Great option. interview, too, yeah. Richard Lovelady. Uh, Manny Pena back on the injured list, 10-day uh, injured list with a retroactive 30, July 11th. 36 years old. Yeah. Left wrist contusion. And then Tyler Wade was outrighted to, to AAA Las Vegas. Uh, Bip Roberts, who I'll be doing the TV with tonight. I didn't see this. I was on vacation. Tyler Wade booted a ball and then walked to it during the Boston series. Oh, you're on vacation too. I, I heard um, one of my friends text me about it. That what happened? He said I guess um, it wasn't a great play from what happened with, from Wade in Boston. I don't know what day it was, but I, he told me about it earlier today. I had no idea about it until you until you mentioned it. And look at the way the pitching set up. What are you getting? Waldachuk, Harris, Sears. Waldachuk. Harris Sears, like, let's start forming a young nucleus right now and hope that you can move Diaz, Kemp, Peterson. Those three guys got to have value for somebody. Yeah, there's another guy. You're getting nothing for him, but you just, you, you know, just respectfully, hey, appreciate it, especially Tony Kemp, what he's meant. What it, the type of person he's been inside this organization? Move them on. Who else am I missing? Anybody? I want Brownie to stay. Yeah, uh, there's another guy that's been mentioned a little bit more lately, and that's Brent Rooker. His name's been thrown around. Oh on. my God! If you could get something for Brent Rooker right now, oh my God. Na- national guys like Mark Feinstein and um, what wanna... about what about Blackburn? Jim Bowden mentioned it. Blackburn. I haven't seen Blackburn's name mentioned a lot because Blackburn. But he's what twenty? How old is? How old is? Twenty nine. Well, uh, it's about to be thirty. Polly punch, uh, Polly punch out holes. Polly punch out. Stop it, stop. Uh, Blackburn's twenty nine. He'll be thirty in December. If they trade him, I won't be mad. If they keep him, I won't be mad. I like Paul Blackburn. He's a good, good guy. He's not a free agent either until twenty twenty six. Yeah. So I mean, you could keep him and kind of be a mentor. So you start with Blackburn. And then you go Sears, Harris, Waldachuk, Medina, you know. I mean, however you're going to do it. Mason Miller, hopefully, my guy. I mean, I'm not – I'm never going to count on Mason Miller. I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, but I'm not counting on Mason. I, I mean, I will never be like, well, Mason Miller's here. Mahler. Don't forget Mahler. Kyle Mohler. Yeah. Opening not, day starter. Not Mahler. That yeah. would be the Milwaukee Mahler. Kyle Mohler. Um, yeah. You start – I mean – you need competition. You need a lot of starters, but you're starting to see it. I mean, pitching is the problem, but they drafted a bunch of college guys, and hopefully, college guys. Hey, I'm gonna. I've already had a conversation with Bip Roberts about this. Bip Bip has a business meeting today, so I'm not sure if we're gonna get him on. Um, I said this earlier. You're gonna hear this with Mark Kotze. If your goal is strictly, I just want to get to the big leagues. Right now. The A's is the best organization in baseball to be in. Because right now there's a yellow brick road. You can be Dorothy and the yellow brick road right to the big leagues. There's nobody in front of you. There's nobody stopping you. Every single organization right now, Ryan Noda is a great example. Who was in front of Ryan Noda? Um, some guy, I won't say future Hall of Famer, but Freddie Freeman. Very good player. Yeah, very good. I mean, he probably will be Hall of Famer, but. He Freddie does, Freeman. If Freddie Freeman does this for long enough, yes, he will have a yeah. black in Cooperstown. Uh, one for your right, one for your right fielder in, in LA. Uh, that uh, Mookie guy. 
who will be a Hall of Famer. Yes, he's already. I mean, his war's already there. I mean, there's certain organizations you're just flat out blocked. You got no shot. Or they got they got to do this and move. Not the A's. Is there anybody blocking anybody right now? Mm, no. I mean, if you want to really dive deep, Sodershin blocking Susak. That's about it. What? 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 You don't even have a for sure position for Soderstrom. Yeah, well, I was thinking, okay. Well, actually, Langoliers is blocking all of them. But Johnny Bench <laughs> comes into this. Johnny Bench comes into this organization right now. You'll never hear from Shea Langoliers again. If you're if you're a legit player, right? If if a young Pudge Rodriguez or Johnny Bench came into the Oakland organization, you wouldn't even be talking about Shea Langoliers. Agreed. There's nobody blocking you. This is the best place you possibly could be. I said that to Bip Roberts. I was curious what he said. He said, oh, yeah, of course. Because Bip was blocked back in the day. I mean, Bip Roberts, think about Bip Roberts. Bip Roberts had to hit 355 to get promoted from AAA. You know why? Roberto Alomar? Uh, Gary Templeton and Roberto Alomar were there. Hey, by the way, I used Bip yesterday on Immaculate Grid. Did you really? Great Tiger Padre. Ooh. <laughs> You didn't use Indian Royal Bip Roberts? No. So that's there you go. This is this is the I mean, this is where you want to be. This is your you want to play in the big leagues? Your fastest chance to the big leagues right now is in the Oakland A's organization. And I know some people everybody's uh, you know, we can't control the everything that's going on outside the organization, but to these kids, they don't care. They want to get to the big leagues. Your fastest journey to the pot of gold right now is in Oakland. It's your fastest journey to the big leagues. You get draft. These kids who got drafted, you got no excuse. I wish I could talk to this draft class. You think uh, David Force would have me talk to this draft class? Um, I mean, we have a pretty good relationship with David. I'm sure he'd let you talk to him. We're talking to David Force on Monday, right? Correct, yeah. David, let me stand up in front of these kids, and I'll tell him, if you don't make it to the big leagues, it's on you. You have the easiest route that you've ever seen in Major League Baseball history to the big leagues, other than maybe an expansion team. Fair. You got nobody blocking you. There is, there is, there's not one guy with a guaranteed contract. There's not one guy that has to be here. There's not one guy you can't leapfrog. There's no future Hall of Famer. There's no all-star. I mean, you could say Brent Rooker's the all-star, but come on. I mean, hey, whoa, double in the game. There's, there's, there's nobody. This is, this is the fast track. I just got fast track. That's true. We set it up today. Got the fast track right to the big leagues. And then we didn't. If you're a baller, if you're legit, <laughs> if you are, mark my words, if you're legit, you got nothing standing in your way to the big leagues. You could be here next year. Three angels from last year's draft have made it to the big leagues this year in Anaheim. Correct. You're a baller out of college. You show up. You dominate. You could be here next year. You ball. You get the call, Deion Sanders. Uh, hey, I will say this about A's first-round pick, Jacob Wilson. If he can hit at a, a little bit like his dad and play defense, he'll be up here soon. <laughs> Jack was a great defensive shortstop. Jack Wilson could flat-out pick it back in the day. And his son's 6'3". Yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Selfishly, I'm excited You know about what that scares one. me? You want to know what scares me about our first-round pick? And I'm going to tell him this when we have him face-to-face. There's one thing that scares me. Do you know what that is? No. He doesn't strike out. 12 strikeouts in two years. He doesn't strike out. 
doesn't sound like an Oakland A. <laughs> uh, you, you, you can be in this organization and not strike out. You mean you got bat-to-ball skills? You're telling me he could be better than Stephen Kwan and not striking out? I mean, when I heard we drafted Or Luisa him, Rise. When I, when I, so, you know, fall, fall in the draft because you get every pick on your phone, right? The A's selected. And I saw, I went, we didn't take a catcher, and we took an athletic guy who doesn't strike out. We didn't take he, a catcher until, like, the 12th round. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a great pick. Because right now, unfortunately, Nick Allen hasn't hit. Logan Davidson is just getting to AAA, and he hasn't necessarily had great bat-to-ball skills. This kid has got back-to-ball. Once again, you go out and you dominate, there's no reason. You're co- college guys shouldn't be in the minor leagues that long. Galoff was drafted in what, 2021? 21, yeah. 21. You're a college guy. You shouldn't be in the minor leagues. Mark Kotze told us that. Forget the front office. Our front office, to me, is conservative. Mark Kotze, our manager, in our last – it was our last uh, interview, right? Yeah. We talked I, about the draft, yeah. I asked him about that. I said, when you're a first-round pick, Mark Kotze was like, yeah. I mean, Mark Kotze was a first-round pick. Mark Kotze did not expect to be in the Marlins organization and being down uh, – or I should say in the Marlins minor leagues that long. Yeah, he came up with what he was talking – he talked to the 98 season. Because he was on the World Series, he was team. up in '97. Yeah, he was on the '97 team, but he talked about '90. He mentioned the '98 season was like his first. You're not there. You, you're not there very long. Yeah, you're legit. You're legit. You get the hell out of the minor leagues fast. So all these college guys that the A's drafted this year, pitchers, world's your oyster, man. Throw strikes, get outs. You be in the big leagues in no time. Look who's taking BP. Ramon Laureano. Oh, he should be back soon. The wrist looks good. That's what it was on the wrist thing for him. I mean, that's that's going to be another thing we're talking about. It's like, okay, great. But does he fit the profile of where you're going? Uh, No. He's what, 28 now? Really? For him, Rowan's 28. Same age as Rooker. I mean, what do you do? There's another guy where we want to see in the lineup. Jordan, oh, Jordan Diaz. Jordan Diaz, every day. He's in the lineup today, right? No. Who but, is? <clears throat> the, the lineup today is... We get to it. We got Peterson. We got third. Noda leading off. Yeah. Um, Noda leading off. Bladet hitting second. Great. Rooker hitting third. Great. Brown Brown cleanup. And I'm going to tell you why great with Rooker in a second. Sodi fifth. Great. Geloff sixth. Awesome. Jace. Lange. I'm going to tell you why. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get to why I'm okay with that. Langoliers and then Nick Allen. Okay. You want to know why I'm okay with Rooker and I'm okay with Peterson? Sure. Let's hear it. You're trying to showcase to get rid oh, of Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that Cody Thomas, by the way? I think so. Yeah. Um, you're trying to showcase him. I'm fine. Two more weeks. It's what? Two more weeks till the deadline? Yeah. August 1st. Two more weeks? Yeah. Uh, 14 days. What's today? And I doubt these. Well, it's like two weeks and change. Well, I doubt I doubt these guys are going down. This is not Verlander down to the last minute. Oh. Otani? Last minute? Don't. We'll get to that later. Did you have to go there? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about that angel <laughs> hack, Shohei Otani. Um, 
Yeah, those guys. Will I probably, think these guys will be moved. Yeah, they're not going to be moved at the you know, the last hour. So yeah, about it another could be the two weeks. Week. It could be the next week or Fine. so. If you want to showcase them for the next two weeks, but once August first hits, I don't want to see any of these guys. Jordan Diaz has to be in every game. Yeah, Diaz has to play. Geloff has to play. Soderstrom has to play. Ruiz has to play. Blade. Blade has to play. Noda. Geloff. Noda. Noda. No, hey, put Noda out and left. Yeah. I mean, he's, that was the thing that we, I mean. Cody Thomas. Yeah. I, know, I know Cody Cody Thomas is young from a standpoint of experience, not of age. But, you know, let's see this guy. He's a terrific athlete. Let's see him. Let's see these guys. That's what I want to see. I know what Ramon, Ramon Laureano and Diaz and Peterson and Kemp and all these guys. I mean, it's tough. Seth Brown is the one guy I want to stick around, though. I think Seth Brown is a great mentor. I think he's the kind of guy that totally gets it. He's learned kind of the A's way. Uh, I, I'm Brent Brownie. Somebody's got to be the adult in the room. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to have an adult, and, and he's, it's Seth Brown like, will be perfect for that. And it's not like he's like a ten-year veteran. He's been in the league for a few years, but he knows the ups and downs of going up and down from Oakland to Vegas and Oakland back and forth and you know, uh, injured he'd, list. He'd and, be Oakland. He'd be Oakland, Nashville. No, he's Vegas too. He was he Vegas? Yeah. Well, he was Nashville too, wasn't he? Well, how long have we been in Vegas? I think Vegas was our first year in nineteen, maybe. Remember, because we yeah, because we kept saying how Fran Reardon had the greatest offense in the history of baseball. Fran, by the way. Vegas has the second best, most second most home runs in AAA. Saying greatest offense ever. So what do we got? I I I I'm so excited about young guys. I've lost track of time. We got, what do we got? We got Eno Saris at five. So we still got twenty minutes. By the way, Matt Olson and Ronaldo Nunez. That's a, if you want to use him for Oriole A grade on the uh, or Detroit on the uh, Macular ever. You can use my grandfather today. By the way, we did use that zero point zero three percent. As a brave pirate, that would be a Boston Brave when my grandfather won the MVP in nineteen forty seven. So Matt Olson, the number three prospect, and Nunez, the number five, are the last top A's top five prospects to make their debuts in the same game. It was in a win sixteen three win over Kansas City. That's courtesy of our crack research staff. Uh, I didn't have a chance to fact check it, so guys, you better be right. Who said it? Uh, that'd be w Marcus. So, who? Oh, our guys. Yeah, our guys. Okay. Our our crack interns. Okay. Yeah, I trust our them. crack staff. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And then if we're we'll wrong, see. you blame it on the interns. Yeah. I mean, plenty of people have blamed career mistakes on interns. Yeah. If if they're right, then you know we get the credit. If they're wrong, they get the blame. That's how that's how it works, kids. See that that's how Cody is. <laughs> See, I would give credit to the kids. <laughs> I would totally give credit to, hey, hey, Marcus, great job. You, you'll take the credit. If it's wrong, you're going to throw him under the bus. Where's that Jordan, Michael Jordan meme about the kids or whatever? I'm not going to. Are you going to do a crying Jordan meme? Yeah. Can you imagine drafting Michael Jordan and keep him in the, in, in the uh, G League? <laughs> I'm just laughing because that's Peyton Manning playing in the NFL Europe. Or the uh, XFL or USFL or whatever, whatever the th- thousand leagues we have now. I mean, just think about that era, right, of players. We're going to draft Magic, Bird, Barkley, Jordan, Isaiah, then Pat, Dominique. Pat Ewing, Olajuwon. You think of all those great players from that era. Carl Malone. We're going to draft those guys and put them in the minor leagues. John Stockton can't make it up. He's too small. 
Gonna, he's developing the G League. Chris Mullen, Golden State Warrior. We're going to keep him in the minor leagues. He looked good playing in Santa Cruz. The Santa Cruz Warriors G League team plays. Can you imagine that? Can you ma- I mean, seriously, that's what we do in baseball. We take we take these super players, and I understand Soderstrom being, but yeah, I, you shouldn't be there that long. You really shouldn't be. If you look at legit players, they don't sit in the minor leagues for years. Are there outliers? Yes. But really good players? I mean, take the guy that I got to meet at the very end, and he was such a sweet man. The great Al Kaline. Al Kaline was 18 years old playing for the Tigers. Prom one day, major leagues the next, pretty much. Not not realistically, but pretty much. People like Ken Griffey Jr. did not need to spend one day in the minor leagues. Will Clark. Will Clark talks about it. Like, I was ready to rock. Comes up, first at bat, boom, home run off Nolan Ryan. How long do you think these guys need to play in the minor leagues? Perfect example. Um, the guy that went number one in the draft, Paul Skeens, the Pirates took. They're saying he could be the first gen- the most generational talent since Strasburg. He's going to pitch in AAA. If you're throwing a hundred- No, no, sorry, he's going to pitch in, low, in probably low A or double A. If you're throwing 100 miles an hour, how long do you need to stay, stay in the minor leagues? It's great. I mean, it's a great point. Strasburg was down there for a couple well, – how long was Strasburg? Eh, like a year. For what? Yeah. We knew how good Strasburg was going to – Because we're going to troll – trust me, it's all financial. We're going to control clocks. Eh. Wait, wait. What do do you think sending a guy to Double A is that if you're throwing a hundred miles an hour with a nasty breaking ball? You should come right up. The, remember when the Royals made the especially World on a team like this? The Royals made the World Series the first time, and they or was the second time they called up the guy that was just pitching. Brandon Finnegan was pitching in the World Series College World Series er, like a couple months earlier. I think it's like the last time I remember seeing like Mike Leak was called up the same year he was drafted. Doesn't happen very often anymore, but there are guys that could do it, but they just don't do it because you mentioned for. Financial reasons, controlling the clock. All these guys are just throwers now. This isn't like the the you you think guys throwing a hundred miles an hour are setting up hitters. No. Do, do, let me talk to you, the public out here. Do you think these kids, or even guys in the big leagues, who are all throwing a hundred miles an hour, they have two pitches? You think they're setting up hitters like the old days, where there's four pitches, you're throwing strikes. You know, you're adding and subtracting, as they like to say. Everybody is up here throwing 100 miles an hour with a slider. That's what everybody does. How long do you need to stay in the minor leagues to do that? Uh, uh, realistically, you think you'd be ready to go. I mean, seriously. Well, don't, you're, sleeping on the, you're sleeping on the sweeper. <laughs> They're all throwing the same stuff. <laughs> it's just fastball, breaking ball. Throw it as hard as you can. Everybody throw like a closer. Do you need time in the minor leagues to learn how to just try and strike everybody out? Eno Saris is going to be on today. He's going to tell you. By the way, their hitters have finally caught up. You throw enough sliders, no matter how hard you throw. We have so many sliders now. The slider, here's a great, great example. Go to Baseball Savant and look up Luis Medina's numbers. His slider gets drilled. There's no, there's no one's fooled anymore by the sliders because they see so much of it. You keep showing these big league hitters fastball slider, fastball slider, and then the next guy fastball slider, fastball slider, and then the next guy, and then the next day, and the day, day. you've gone a month of seeing nothing but hard fastballs, hard sliders. Guess what? Everybody starts to look the same. What did Andrew Chafin tell us when when we he, we traded fastball up, fastball down, breaking ball in the dirt? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> fastball up, fastball down, breaking ball in the dirt. That's all I do. 
well, that's it. That's all you. Yeah. Well, you know, and you stink. So um, <laughs> you had a little bit of a run. We're going to play, you know, what time are we playing, you know, five. So 13 minutes, 13 minutes. You know, Sarah, they're starting to really break it down that these data guys got everybody to start throwing one way. Remember when you have everybody thinking the same way, everybody starts doing the same thing offensively. What did everybody become? Strikeout, walk, home run. Everybody in baseball, it's what Moneyball has led us to, right? Everybody started looking at the data. Well, they all have the same data. They all have the same data. What new data could you possibly have? Uh, great question. I know Baseball Savant added some new stuff. but Yeah, StatCast, you know, you're, oh, we're hiring NASA engineers and spin. and at some, There's only so many different things you can do with the baseball. Whatever. Everybody's got the data. Everybody's the same. So everybody became three true outcomes. Well, everybody wanted sliders. So sliders become the most thrown pitch in baseball. Everybody's doing the same thing. Problem is, data has taken you to a certain point. But what happens? Humans adapt. The hitters are adapting. They're now seeing velocity you just heard Steve Soderstrom, the father of Tyler. Tyler's been seeing high 90s to 100 his entire life. These kids are seeing fastball slider combination hard, 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 over and over and over again. And what do human beings do? You know, that's something that we always rip about human beings, but one thing that we are pretty good at as human beings are, especially the best human beings with the best minds, we adapt. And hitters are adapt. They're starting to crush sliders because they're seeing the same thing night after night. Why? You don't even need video anymore. You don't even need a scouting report. What's a guy got? Throws hard, has a slider. The rest of the stuff, I don't even look – how many times now this year, probably the last two years, have you seen hitters take fastballs right down the middle because they were looking slider? A lot. But right now, what we're seeing, the data is starting to show a lot of these pitcher sliders are getting hit because they're throwing it so much. Hitters are seeing it so often, it's not having the same success. Very interesting. So, is baseball going to start evolving? Eno Saris will talk about this once we get past the Shohei Otani stuff. Is baseball going to evolve to where, hey, wait a minute. Remember as a starter you wanted three to four pitches? Remember you wanted that? Keep guys off balance and all that kind of stuff? And not you're not trying to strike everybody out on every – you're not trying to strike out every hitter because that leads to a higher, higher pitch count. I want to go deeper in games. I don't know. Maybe it is, but you're seeing the, the data people who are outside the organizations. A guy like Eno Saris is going, uh-oh, alarm bells are going off. Sliders are not as effective because hitters are seeing it too much. You're showing somebody the same thing too much, night after night after night after night. And if you start seeing the same thing and everybody starts looking the same, he's big, he's right-handed, he throws hard, it's a slider. I mean, I just you get used to it. You get used to speed. You get used to speed in any sport, right? That's the first thing college football players talk about the NFL. What's the number one? There's two things 
that all my years covering the draft and covering rookie guys coming into the NFL, there was two things that dramatically were different from the college game. You can guess one. Speed? Speed. Guys are just faster. Everybody's just faster. Everybody. Right? The offensive guys, they come in the league and go, wow, these DBs, even the linebackers, everybody's just faster. The number two thing, the biggest difference between college football and pro football, the second thing is the physicality. You're now playing against grown men who are playing for a living. These aren't college guys. You're playing against the best, and everybody's a monster, and everybody's looking to take your head off. The speed and physicality. Well, we can't really say that anymore about Major League Baseball versus Minor League Baseball because all the guys in the minors are throwing 100. Guys in college are throwing 100. Everybody's throwing hard now. So it's not like years ago, you the, the guys that threw the hardest were in the big leagues, right? You came to the big leagues, and wow, man, velocity. Is there a difference in velocity? No, it seems like everyone throws 98 or above now. Everybody. Every level. Especially the better teams in college. You look at College World Series, you're seeing 97 plus. So there's not that advantage anymore uh, when you get to the big leagues from a standpoint of a pitcher going, hey, no one's seen my stuff. Man, they've seen your, they've been seeing these kids in high, the high school. If you watch the combine, the combine, they got kids throwing 100 miles an hour from shortstop. There's a Ellie De La Cruz averages 97.5 miles an hour on his throws from third base. He's not even on a mound. Yeah, him and O'Neill are like the two hardest throwers. It's crazy. It's crazy they throw that hard from shortstop. I mean, uh, Tatis had a throw from right field to home that was like 95 miles an hour or something. Velocity is not not it's not like you come to the big leagues now and see velocity. Velocity is everywhere. So what's the change from? Just seeing fastball slider on a consistent basis. How, how, what are you going to do? I've said it. Medina, the scouting report, Medina has a big, nasty hook. And what do we see consistently? Slider. Slider. Scott Emerson, when are we going to see more of this? When we see more change-ups? Because the fastball slider combination is getting ripped. It's getting ripped by a lot of different guys. That's where Garrett Cole's fascinating. And we heard on the way up, we top five storylines. Of course, they're going to do a New York storyline. But the thing I love about Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole is still, I'm establishing old number one first, and I'm coming after people. Verlander still does that. Then you're going to see the stuff, but you're still going to, so many pitchers come out, starting pitchers, what are the, what's the first thing they're showing? Slider. First inning, third inning, they're slider, slider, slider. It's not fooling people anymore. Yeah, Garrett Cole's fascinating. I was looking at his numbers on the web here. And the storyline is, can he win the Cy Young? Which, wait, it would be his first because he lost out to Verlander every time. Uh, it could be. I mean, there's two guys that are battling with him, his former teammate and McClanahan, although McClanahan's hurt. hurt yeah. But v- Framber Valdez is quietly having a, another very good year. Framber did not end well the first half. So is an area under three. Yeah, we got lit up his last couple. The win-loss record isn't there. It's going to be a big deal. Mm. Seven and six. Mm. The Battle of Texas is on. We Are we going to get – how much time do we got? It's almost five. We should break and then play Eno and they'll come back and talk for me. It's going to play Kotze and you go do television. 
Ace pregame live. I'm all in, man. I'm so excited about this second half. I, 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 I'm telling you, I feel like a kid in Christmas. I'm excited. I, you know what? I, don't even tell me what the final score is. Does it matter? Nope. Wins and losses, nope. Just tell me what these kids did. These kids are going to lead me back to the playoffs. I love playoff baseball. I love broadcasting playoff baseball. I love being in the Coliseum for playoff baseball. Uh, these, the, these kids get us back to the playoffs. You, 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 if we're in the playoffs in two years, are you going to come to me and say, all right, let me give you an example. Let me, can I prove a point here? Do you mind? Oh, sure. I was going to ask you who the last A's player to be drafted and debut in the same year. This is another trivia point from our crack research staff. Uh, it's, uh, he was our interpreter. Cuban. Who? Ariel. Yep, Ariel Pareto in 1995. Ariel Pareto, right? Yep. He was that, 25 when he debuted. That doesn't count. Uh, hey, that's technicality. I don't that know. That doesn't count. I mean, it's true, but it doesn't count. I'm taught. Let's talk a guy who was drafted. He was drafted. I know, but drafted. He was. He played. He was drafted in the first round, fifth pick. Yeah, but he played on the Cuban national team. I'm talking a kid out of high school or college. Who was in that draft anyway? Before you prove your point, uh, number one, who was? Who went number one that year? What year? Ninety-five. Ninety-five. From Nebraska. Uh, was he the punter? Uh, correct. Um, the Angels. What the hell is his name? He was the punter for the football team. He was an outfielder. Yes. What's his name? Darren Erstad. Darren Erstad. Fourth pick that year, Kerry Wood. That was my senior year of baseball. What year did I? What, where did I go in that draft? Um, yeah, I'm looking. I don't. I don't see any yeah, San Jose State guys on here. I didn't, yeah, I don't. I, you, I think you just missed. Uh, I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. Um. All right. Two years from now, if we're in the playoffs, are you going to say, hey, uh, what happened that uh, July 28th game against Colorado in Colorado? It's a couple weeks. That's going to be a shootout. Two years from now, if we're in the postseason, <laughs> will you be talking about July 28th, 29th, and 30th in Colorado? Rock pile, Rocktober ain't happening. Oh, interns are correcting. They're saying, okay, they said 1978, Tim Conroy from high school is the last guy to be drafted in high school. Well, no, that's, no, no, no. What what year was uh? That's how, but by the way, the Mike Morgan. What year was Mike Morgan drafted? Mike Morgan went straight. Charlie Finley drafted him number one. He went straight to the big leagues. What year was Mike Morgan drafted? Uh, Nineteen seventy eight as well. He made it. He so don't tell those kids. They don't know. I don't need a computer. It's all right here. Well, no, but but he, Conroy was the same. Or he was the same year too, though. Oh, was he really? Uh, let me. I'm trying to. Yeah, here he is. Conroy drafted in the first round, also, uh, just like Morgan, and debuted in 1978. Well, they didn't have Mike Morgan. Oh, he's from Gateway High School. That's not that far from where I grew up. Uh, Mike Morgan was first round, fourth overall that year. Yeah, where was what was Conroy? He was 20th. late. Yeah, he was late. Why did they not have Mike Morgan on there? Their computers didn't uh, have that. I guess not. By the way, you, how many artificial intel? I beat the artificial intelligence. Uh, by the way, that A team was sixty nine and ninety three. So of course those guys debuted. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be two years from now if you're if uh, we're in the playoffs with these young kids as they're blossoming? Will you be talking about August eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth of this year? Uh, no. But I will be worrying about what they did in uh, 
Wait, you're not going to be worried about that? I'll still be looking back at the big winning streak in Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. Because that's a big matchup against the Nationals in, in our nation's capital. Here on out, folks, don't tell me about wins and losses. Mark Kotze is going to talk about wins and losses. I get it. That's what he gets paid for. But everything from here on out is how do the kids do? Coming up next, is Mark Kotze as excited as I am? Eno Saris. Oh, we're doing Eno yeah, Saris? Yeah. All right. Omaha. By the way, I heard how he did, came up with Omaha. Oh. Tell me during the break. Okay. Omaha. Coming up next, Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist. Otani. It's st- he's the most fascinating player we've ever seen. And now what do you do if you're the Angels? What do you do if you're another team? Do you trade for him? Well, you're going to be able to get him at the end of the season. He's going to be a free agent. It's fascinating. Eno Saris next. Man, it's Christmas Day, folks. You're listening and watching A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, hello, Eno Saris. Welcome to the Saris. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can half. How are you? I'm doing great. We recorded this earlier. And so right now, as you're hearing this uh, on the radio or wherever you're hearing it, I'm poolside with the beer. So cheers. Well, good for <laughs> you. So yeah, as we're recording it and it's early in the morning as the start of the second half. So you're going to. So as this is being played, you're sunning yourself. Where, where yeah. will you be sunning yourself when this is being played? Nah, my friend is is house sitting uh, at a house with a pool here in Palo Alto, so uh, it's been oh. nice and warm finally this week, and so we're gonna put our feet up and have a couple brewskis. Ah, rich people! It's always great to hear about what <laughs> rich people are doing these days. Uh, I don't know. House sitting is not normally something you hear. Or living people. like rich people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all the talk the next two weeks is gonna be: Is he gonna get traded? Is he not gonna get traded? Should he get traded? Should he not get traded? What should the Angels do? Who are the teams that could trade for him? Who has the capital? Who would be best served? And it's so funny to listen to people. It, it really, this time of the year, 
it really shows us people's biases, right? You see where where their true bias, like from the nat, like you guys are national media members, uh, and you're <laughs> and you're supposed to cover all thirty teams. But when we know comes, where the views are the highest. <laughs> yeah, you you know exactly. Like all of a sudden, Fox, everybody's now going to the Yankees or the Red Sox. Our man Buster Only's coming out. Obviously, he understands ESPN. It's Yankees. I mean, if you're here locally, it's like, the well, the, the Giants should do it. So you start to get everybody's biases real quick. But let's first start with the Angels. Good move or bad move to trade Shohei Otani? I think it's a good move because it's, some of this is reading the tea leaves. How likely is he to, you know, sign? How have you tried approaching him for an extension? You know, how has his uh, reaction been? And when he goes to the all-star game to represent your team in the all-star game and starts talking about how it sucks to lose, you know, you kind of lost him already, I, you know? And so then you start looking at, well, what can you do for us now? What can you do for us this season? Because he may not be around in the future and you have to look over at the playoff odds. You're a game below 500. You're in a division where you have to win the division to make the playoffs. I think uh, it looks like that because the entire AL East is at least five games above 500. Uh, and so, you know, there's a big possibility that the second place team in the West doesn't even make the playoffs. So you're the Angels, you're a game under 500, your chance of winning the division is 3%, uh, according to Fangraphs, and your chance of making the playoffs is 10%. You're getting to the time where you're about to cut the cord, and and you lost Mike Trout. You know, you lost your your other best player. So I think uh, it makes sense to start thinking about what can uh, what can trading Shohei Otani do for us in the future. You know, it's so interesting when Otani talks trades and, or I should say he talks about winning because there's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he could get traded anywhere. And that's why I think when you're looking at potential suitors, I think the Yankees are a decent one, but they're not the most amazing one because I think if you're Shohei Otani, you want to go to a division winner. Right. And the Yankees right now, they're doing fine, but they are nine games behind the Rays and their percent chance of winning the division is not that much better than the Angels. It's 4.6% according to Fangraphs. So, you know, if if they're not a division winner uh, and they're not on the West Coast, which seems to be uh, something that Otani likes, uh, then you're not uh, necessarily in the pole position. One thing the Yankees do have, I think, uh, that does make them attractive is um a bunch of prospects that are close at, at, at good positions and of the right quality i looked at like rentals right because otani is just a rental and yeah. normally in order to get the best prospects or get to young players back or whatever you think about the max scherzer drill max scherzer was a rental he came with trey turner right and so that was uh, yes a rental of max scherzer but also a year and a half of trey turner so it was not it, you kind of it was a package deal and that got them Kbert Ruiz and Josiah Gray over in Washington but it was the addition of Trey Turner that made them get more back so if you look at back at pure rentals Manny Machado is the last pure rental that really moved the needle that got a lot of prospects he got a bunch of in the parlance of scouts so, so to 20 to 80 is the scouting scale right yeah the future future value of the best prospects in the Manny Machado trade were 40. so a 45 is a major league regular 
So they didn't give up anybody that was projected to be a major league regular. And if you look back, the best player that they gave up to get Manny Machado was Dean Kramer, who's kind of like a fifth starter for the Orioles, you know? Um, and nobody else really panned out. So I don't think, and this is tough because Otani's so singular, maybe he would get a top prospect, but teams are not giving up their top prospects. Like top prospects going into the season were like Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. You know, I don't think Anthony Volpe is going back to the Yankees. No. I mean, going back to the A's for uh, Angels for for. Uh, oh, we'll take him on the A's. They want some Volpe to the A's. We'll <laughs> so I I, like I don't I think that top end is is already out. Like even if you're talking to the Padres, Ethan Salas, like that he's already a top you know thirty type prospect. You know I think that might be too much. So when you start looking at the lower like the the sort of around top 50 prospects, Jason Dominguez from the Yankees. Uh, he's, you know, he's supposed to be the Martian. He's really big. You know, he's got power. He's, he's pretty exciting as a prospect. He could be the headliner. Uh, and so the Yankees have him and could add a bunch of other players, players that might make sense. Um, you know, for the Dodgers, I think the headliner uh, might be somebody like Michael Bush. Uh, who's just up, uh, got a little swing and miss, but can play second base and can play an infield position that the Angels kind of need. And then my dark horse is Baltimore, who has Joey Ortiz, who uh, can play short and second. Uh, they could use, they could throw him in with some other starters and, and kind of give something that the, uh, that the Angels need. But I think that the real easy favorite, and this is not just because, you know, they're in a big market. The Dodgers are 60% to win the division. And... They are on the West Coast, and they have the prospect capital to do it. Um, so I, I think that's the team. I mean, the Braves are going to win their division, but I don't know that they have the prospect capital to pull it off. You know, one of the problems that I always have with sports media, especially baseball media, is they're very poor at knowing about real business, right? <laughs> no offense to writers, but writers normally – they're not very business savvy. They don't have their own businesses. They haven't done a whole lot of business. They're writers. They're really good at writing and they're, they're good at talking to people and researching and sourcing, but they don't always understand business. And when I hear a lot of the talk from these writers, I think a lot of them are getting it wrong. This isn't Hunter Pence and the giants trade for Hunter Pence and Hunter Pence comes to San Francisco and loves San Francisco. And he re-signs, never hits the market. (laughs) All right. That's not this. This guy understands his return on investment. He understands the amount of money away from the baseball field that he is worth. Yeah. And he's played the game till now. You know, he, he he didn't sign for a whole heck of a lot. He hasn't made a whole heck of a lot. He now knows how much he means monetarily to a franchise, both here in this country and what he brings over from Asia, especially from Japan. So it almost is ridiculous when I pe- hear people say, well, trade for him now and woo him. <laughs> this is not, this isn't Hunter Pence gets on a scooter and he lives on the Embarcadero. And that's <laughs> he's going to, he's going to put his services out there. I don't, I doubt there's a discount. You're right. I doubt. Yeah, I there's doubt not. There's, there's, where, the winter meetings is in Nashville, right? We're going to Nashville. Yeah. He's, he's going to, he's going to be open for business. Yeah. And... He's going to have a suite and he's going to have, and he's going to have his people. 
The only pushback and, that I have, though, is all right. he, he already get, went through this process, right? But in the last process, there wasn't any dollar signs attached to it, right? He, there was one deal you could give him because that's you were it getting was, him oh, as yeah. a as a like as a prospect almost. So so he's gone through the process and the, the past time he went to the process, it stuff other than mother money mattered. Proximity to Japan, uh, I think proximity to winning, maybe Mike Trout, whatever it was that wooed him to uh, to Anaheim. It wasn't money. So there are things other than money. And if I had to put myself in his head uh, from what I know of how he trains and how he thinks about baseball, uh, I do think maybe a team could convince him that they're on the cutting edge of coaching, technology, data, and he would but like you're going to have to come with a boatload of money. But you'll also have to come with a boatload of money. You're have to, yeah, yeah and, you can and, you can show me all your all your rap soda and it and might all give you it might give you this much advantage. Yeah, you better come. And that's where you're the other still going to have is, to put the five hundred million dollar bag on the table. <laughs> yeah. If if you want, you know, if you got to fly out his parents and it's all about being close. I mean, and, and that's the other thing about the Dodgers. It's like the Dodgers are already kind of saying, eh, we're going to go with what we got. That, that's what they've been below, doing the last right? couple of years a little bit. Yeah. So if you're the Dodgers and you already know he wants to be on the West Coast, you can offer him the most money. You can offer him that. Why even trade for him? Yeah, just just try to get him in the offseason. And you just can wait because the offseason sure you can convince him on a visit to L.A. that, that you're super data friendly and tech friendly. And he and already knows everything he needs to know about the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> lives there. Right? Yeah. He knows Southern California. So it's like it's like we it's like everybody's like trying to talk this up and everybody's trying to create content. But the reality is he's going to have a big suite. Everybody's going to have to come to him. They're going to have to woo him. Whether you yeah, trade for no him or not, if you're like the Cincinnati Reds or even, you know, my dark horse, the Baltimore Orioles or a crazy ass San Diego Padres who just give up their last two prospects to, to get him. There's no way that he's like, oh, man, this was so much fun. Like, yeah, I'll sign extension right now. <laughs> yeah, we have interleague play, man. You play everywhere. So it's not like all of a sudden Otani would look what? an hour away and go, Oh, this place, San Diego's cool. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't know San Diego. He, he just been? played there. He was just yeah. there a week ago. <laughs> he's never been to Dodger stadium. He's never been to San Francisco. He's never been to the Bay area. I mean, it's like, it's not, this isn't like yesteryear. These guys, I mean, I, I get it. Mm -hmm. If you trade for him, I'm just, what my point is don't trade for him thinking, Ooh, we're going to get him in here and he's just going to sign. That's state. why I think he goes to division winner type. It's for this year. You what about know? the race? It's for the playoffs. What about the race? Uh I, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't actually see them, you know, doing it. Uh I, there's always like monetary concerns with players this much. Like it, you can it can matter. Who could be the headliner here for them? I, I they're not giving up Taj Bradley, right? You know, that's the no. guy who's pitching for them so well in the major league. So when you go to the next group, you know, they've got a guy in a ball, Carson Williams. Um, I don't know. I don't, I maybe Kyle Manzardo, their first base prospect. They could maybe pull it off. Uh, and maybe they have the cash. Uh, it would be a killer move. It would be pretty awesome. Well, it's not happening this week and we're going to talk to you next week. So right. we'll get into it more next week. Uh, really interesting. Cause I have felt this with a couple of our pitchers where we were told these guys got great big curveballs, Uncle Charlie's, 
and then they get on the mound and slider, 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 slider. And everybody's just been throwing so many sliders. You've done the research. Hitters have adjusted. Slider is a great pitch. It also is the pitch that goes the furthest when it gets hung. <laughs> um, they've adapted to sliders. And I've been like Luis Medina. I've been like, throw the big curveball. Change the eyesight. Throw that big hammer. You think of how many great pitchers. Nolan Ryan. Sandy Koufax. Daryl Str- uh, Not Daryl Strawberry. Um, Dwight Gooden. Uh, Barry Zito. When you have that fastball, big hook combination, it's a great combination. Mm-hmm. Um, hitters are adjusting to sliders and hitting sliders better than they've had in the past, and you've done the research. Yeah, the OPS against sliders is the highest it's ever been, and it's a complicated thing because the ball is flying a little better this year, and there's the pitch clock and the sticky stuff enforcement. There's all these different things going in different directions. But if you look at the OPS against sliders, it's constantly been going up. And in fact, uh, the OPS against fastballs has been going down a little bit. So uh, it, what, you, what you look at over the past is we've been throwing fewer and fewer fastballs and more and more sliders. And so as you do that, I think that the simplest explanation is hitters are just seeing so many more sliders. They're preparing for sliders. There's more slider, slider percentage in hitters counts is up to 30%. So if you're going to see a pitch a third of the time in hitters counts, you might actually look for a slider in a hitters count. You know, in the past, you'd never have done that. What would you do in a hitters count? Look for a fastball. You know, now we see so many guys who just you'll see him up there at the plate and they take a fastball and you go, why would you take? Well, because he was looking slider. He's so what you're what's going on now is hitters are looking slider more. They're training slider more. I think the pitching, the, 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 the pitching machines are better at replicating sliders. They're just seeing also what happens is. You know, baseball itself trains the like playing baseball trains you, right? So if you're just seeing more and more sliders, you're yeah. gonna get better at sliders. You're just you're seeing them more. So it's just over time, uh, what we're doing is we're getting closer and closer. Now, I think next year, what's most likely is hitters, the pitchers are gonna throw more sliders again. Cause for the past 10 years, every year they've thrown more sliders, more sliders, more sliders, more sliders. I think they're gonna throw more sliders again next year, and I think hitters are gonna be even a little bit better against sliders. And at some point. So sliders are still a great pitch, and that's why people throw them so much. But at some point, it's going to get to the point where, you know, you've got to change it up. And a couple of quotes that I thought were really interesting. Joe Musgrove said, sometimes I throw fastballs and fastball counts now. <laughs> he said, everyone's like, uh, you know, I've done so much work on the spin that everyone just expects spin from me every time. And so I've I've thrown a couple of fastballs, fastball counts where the hitter was not ready for them at all. And so I, I'm, I'm mixing it up by doing what people always used to do. And then I just talked to uh, a hitting coach that said that um, uh, this is a really great quote here. Uh, is it here? You got to go from... Basically, the best thing pitching can do is go from West Coast offense and then switch to the spread. And the idea is we've had these fat, we've had these uh, relievers, we've had starters acting like relievers, throw fastball slider, throw as hard as you can for five innings. Well, then you have relievers coming in and they're like, throw fastball slider, throw as hard as you can. And the hitters like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this. (laughs) Okay, so everyone's just going to throw hard and throw fastball slider. Okay, I can do that. It's all game, right? So as the relievers, the starters become more like relievers, the whole game becomes more the same. And what did I say? The more you see the same, the more you get trained by it. And so, you know, that's why uh, he's saying as a hitting coach. And and the last quote is this. uh, Gabe Kapler, I said, you know, 
you just had Bobby Miller in here and you guys hung a seven spot on him. And Bobby Miller's this fire breathing giant prospect from, from the Dodgers who throws a hundred miles an hour and has a great slider, you know, you know, and he said, yeah, but you know, it's actually harder for us to game plan against Michael Waka types, you know, because they have a bunch of pitches, they have command, they know how to, to play with their best pitch and to kind of keep us off balance. And so that's what I hear when I hear West Coast offense to the spread. Like, I think pitchers, starting pitchers need a little bit be more like what starting pitchers used to be. Have a bunch of pitches, mix them up, have command uh, and be less like the relievers, because right now we're just training. And I, I know Spencer Strider, he's great. And, you know, I'm not telling Spencer Strider he needs to be any different than he is. But I'm saying to a lot of other pitches, you can't necessarily be Spencer Strider. We're at a tipping point. Yeah, it's close to it, I think. Yeah, we're at a tipping point. And you've had all the data people who influence the game. Not that I'm against them, but they've influenced the game. Always do this. Always do this. Data says this. Data says this. But you have to be careful. That I mean, data changes over time. So you have to be Humans aware of adjust. changes. Yeah. Humans adjust. Yeah. That's why the computers are taking over the world. <laughs> AI is taking over the world. They adjust. Humans, that's the thing, right? That is a problem with human beings. We get stuck on something. We get stuck on an idea. We want to stick with it and write oh, it out to prove ourselves forever. right. Yeah. Right. And that's what the data people in our game do. And all of a sudden the game's adjusting, but they don't. They, data people have a hard time adjusting for people who say they're so into the numbers. Well, they have hard time adjusting because all of a sudden it means, oh, wait a minute. I've got to switch to other data well, and I may not be right. I, there's sometimes it's like you're you're you have to be yeah you want to be right right and 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 yeah. in the context of baseball there still is a little bit of old school versus new school and so if you feel if you come into a situation and you feel like oh i'm being i'm going to be attacked because i'm new school i'm the data guy sometimes you entrench right and you're yeah. like you say you want to be right you, you and, and and sometimes also organizations are really big and you have you have 100 coaches What's the easiest way to tell everybody something? Just be like, okay, this is what we believe. Here's <laughs> throw a bunch of fastballs and sliders. You guys can remember that, right? <laughs> all the hundred yeah. of you are, you can remember, we think we, we love the slider, throw all the sliders you can, you know, uh, that's a lot easier takeaway than, well, if he has a good slider, yes, you should throw it, but maybe you should try to throw a lot more pitches and, you know, develop command, but you know, but if the slider's good, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it, it, like nuance is hard to broadcast to an entire organization. All right, let's end on this ballpark factors. Ballparks have changed. Two we looked at where they changed things. One in Toronto, one in San Diego. Both made them more pitcher friendly. Yeah, they had these things of park factors where they try to look at how batters do in the park and away from the park and match it up. And, you know, it's all math, but, you know, sometimes it can be messed up by how the players themselves are playing. So St. Louis, the park factor has been changing. I actually think that's just because they have a great offense. You know, and so if you have a guy like Paul Goldschmidt and he's happy at home, it, it can actually mess up the, the park factors. On the other hand, though, you have parks that are actually changing. So in San Diego, they changed the ivy. They changed the batter's eye. They put ivy over it. And, uh, you know, it used to be one uniform color. Now you've got that dappling, that, that ivy effect, you know, a couple of two, three, four colors. And there's bushes where there's another like sort of textural thing. And if you look at release points, uh, certain release points do better in San Diego than they used to. And I think that's because they're coming out of certain parts of the Ivy and it's harder to see. So, you know, that's something that I've seen before with batter's eyes in San Francisco, for example, they don't paint the bleachers, right? 
And so they've got these metal bleachers. You got a 640 start time. You got the sun coming Ooh. in from behind you. They and there's not in 640. There's nobody sitting in those bleachers yet. So you got the sun right into the metal bleacher, bouncing back right into the batter's eyes. Into and I've I've talked to batters and they say it's yeah I can't see anything the first inning in San, in San Francisco. Uh, the other one um, is there's a weird batter's eye thing in Houston where there's fans sitting really close to the batter's eye. And so now you're looking at ball coming out of fans, and that's terrible. That's the whole reason the batter's eye exists. In Toronto, uh, a separate Are they doing that on purpose? Are they cheating in Houston? Is that another thing we can talk about? <clears throat> well, I wondered about San Francisco. I mean, you could just paint the bleachers. I mean, they could be a color. <laughs> they don't have to be bright, spanking metal. Yeah, do uh, they? Well, it... So and it's it, more it, of an it, advantage it, it, in the when, when in, does it by the way, when does it stop in San Francisco? So like if the hitters for the visiting team see it, you say the first inning on average is how many minutes by 650, 655? Is that sun now gone and that wouldn't affect the Giants hitters? Well, I did this study when I first found this out. I did this when they were doing seven o'clock starts. And what I found was uh, that the Giants had a distinct advantage, home field advantage in scoring in the first in the first inning. So it was I thought it was about an inning long. So if you and this is before the pitch clock. So I think you're talking about 710 to 740. But now you got 640, you know, 640 starts. So you might have a bit of an advantage, sort of 640 to 7, 740, 730. So in the first half of the game now, you know. Um, so there's, there's something going on there in that batter's eye. I think that they're aware of it and they're just, you know, their, their hitters know what to do about it. You know, wear sunglasses or you're just more used to doing it in Toronto. They made a change. Uh, so there's been this trend in baseball to have more party zones, uh, in ballparks, more places where you can drink and watch the game, but not be sitting. So, um, you know, what they want to do is create some party zones in the outfield in Toronto and they like brought some walls in and they did the, da, 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 but they raised the walls in order to create these spaces too. And in the end, it's actually made a pitcher friendly park. Matt Chapman and Vladimir Guerrero jr. Are struggling at home this year. And so I wonder what, how much of that has to do with the changes in the walls. All righty. I just want to say this from the bottom of my heart. You know how much I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I hope you get so sunburnt today sitting by that <laughs> person today while we're all working. I hope you get sunburnt. I hope the beer is warm. I overcooked the dogs. Oh, yeah. I just did the barbecue's terrible. Next thing you know, you overdo it with the alcohol. You feel terrible. You're in bed by eight o'clock tonight. That's what I hope happens for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate recording early. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. You know what I'm talking about. What, with him getting sunburned? Day drinking, oh, yeah. getting sunburned. <clears throat> it's going to happen to me tomorrow. Oh, God. Eno, hanging out by the pool today. Had to go early. Everybody had to go early. Hotse had to go early. What's going to be? It's, Eno had to go early. Well, it's going to be like 95 degrees in San Jose tomorrow. I Do we have? Wait, what? It's supposed to be like 95 degrees tomorrow in San Jose. Then same with Great. Sunday. Great. Summertime. That's summertime. I want, I want hot. Why does everybody not want hot in summertime?
We just had rain every freaking day. Remember that? <laughs> every day you woke up, rain. Every day you woke up, landslides. Every day you woke up, flooding. What, you don't like hot weather? It's summertime. I'm fine with it. Fine with it. We got a three-foot pool at our apartment complex. I mean, yeah. three feet. I have it's no problem with warm weather. I love warm weather. Now, you get like 103, 105. That's a different ball game. But so 90s. Speak, one, 118 in Phoenix. What, what, 90s? <laughs> it's great. It's California. If you don't want 90s, live next to the water. I have no problem with warm weather. Warmer the better. You feel better. Plus, my wife's gone this weekend, so I can actually use the air conditioning. She's a stickler about the air conditioning. For the bills? Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys are so cheap. But that's, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. That, for the one time, that's her paying PG&E. I pay for cable, or internet and cable. Oh, you guys have split accounts as a married couple? Well, we never changed it once we got married. Oh, uh, wow. We don't uh, No joint bank account in, that, in this household. Wow. Real easy to say bye-bye in that kind of relationship. Well, she we'd go broke because she buys everything on Amazon. Wow. I'm, I'm frugal, so. Uh, are we ever going to get to our top five? Our five at five? Uh, we got a couple minutes. We can do it here. We do the five at five. Are we starting a new thing? Five at five? Top yeah. five stories at five o'clock? You got you to gotta tell me yours, and then I'll tell you mine. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four. I actually have six. Oh, you wrote them down? Okay. Because um, I, I was actually going to text you. So these are storylines. Some of mine are for really the end of the year. To me, at the end of the year, the Reds and the success of the Orioles, Reds, but I think really the Reds, they're going to prove that the model of throw money at it in the winter and win the winter meetings is absolutely an archaic model. It does not work, i.e. Mets and Padres. Nobody has committed more salary and has more on the books than the Mets and the Padres. The Mets with the largest payroll in the history of baseball, probably, according to fan graphs, they don't make the postseason. And the Padres, who have over $800 million. Get your arms around that. They have over $800 million. They're staring a billion dollars in guaranteed salaries in the eye and probably won't make the playoffs either. And here you got the Cincinnati Reds with Ellie De La Cruz. I get it, it's the central, but it doesn't matter. Look at all their different guys that they got, young guys. Some of the young guys aren't that young, but the, look at what they got. Look at what the Orioles, certain teams have done. And here you got these teams that wrote these massive checks, and now they're going to have this debt for years. That's one. Number. This would be, I guess, number four. Angels, by the end of the year, will become baseball's biggest problem. Bet you didn't see that coming. No. Watch. We've talked so much about Oakland, talked so much about Tampa. The biggest problem for Major League Baseball is going to be the Angels. Tani's leaving town. You've got an owner that wants to get out. They've got major problems with trying to get a new ballpark, and they need a new ballpark because their place is really old, too. They've threatened to move more into – they're not even in Los Angeles. They've threatened to move into Los Angeles because they have what is truly territorial rights. They can move right up the next to Dodger Stadium if they want. The Angels, with Artie Moreno, 
and the uncertainty of ownership by the end of this baseball season, with all the talk about Otani, people are going to realize there's a major problem in Southern California, and it's with the Angels. Then throw on top all that money I talked about with the Padres. California baseball is going to be interesting in the next few years. All righty. Let's see. My next on the list, my five at five. We're talking about because we heard we we heard on MLB Sirius and MLB Radio Sirius XM. Uh, Otani stays. I'm, this is number three. This is number three. I'm saying Otani stays. I don't think there really is a market. I think the teams that really really want him, they don't want to give up any prospects for him. They know they're going to be in a bidding war. I don't think there's really that many teams that are going to be able to get his services anyway. I think he's going to be a Dodger no matter what. Agreed. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to offer any prospects for him because they know they're going to get him at the end of the year. Dodgers have kind of written this year off. Hey, if they go deep into if they get into the playoffs, go deep in the playoffs, it's like a bonus for them. They want to get under that that top luxury tax. Dodgers are ready to throw the, the, the house at him next year. I think everybody in the sport knows he's going to be a Dodger. So why am I going to give up all this capital? I, I, I think he doesn't. And I think for the Angels, their only chance to keep him is if they keep him and ride this thing out. They're game under 500 right now. So No trout right now. I don't think Otani moves. I think all this talk you're going to get for the next two weeks is just a bunch of people need to provide content. And and it gets clicks. Yeah, the clicks and the content for sure. I don't think he moves. Uh, number two. Number two. By the end of the year, we will know that Aaron Boone and Heim Bloon are going to be out in New York and Boston. Sounds like a bold prediction. The, the president of the Red Sox, who was brought in to bring him back to greatness, fired. And now who would be the longtime manager of the Yankees? Fired. Hmm. Do you think Cora stays? Yes. Okay. So if you think he's out, does Aaron Boone go to Boston? No. <laughs> but those are two big names in our sport. I think those two guys are fired. They are shown the door. Sean Casey, the new manager in New York? I don't know. Mm-hmm. New hitting that? coach. How about that? It's interesting. Well, Heim, yes, I've, we talked about that. But uh, they really like Boone. Did he just get a contract extension? No. Oh, I thought he did. That was Cashman. Oh, oh yeah, the maybe Boone could Cashman be got the contract extension while we were at the winter meetings, if you remember correctly. Yeah. Remember he came by and we waved to him? Oh, Brian, yeah. and he waved back. We said, congratulations, appreciate it, guys. Our friend Brian, Brian Cashman. Your guy, by the way, and it's in the taking BP, Joey Gallo. Oh, God, Joey Gallo. <laughs> and my number one is going to be the owner's vote on relocation. How will they vote? That will be the number one thing. How are they going to vote? Because that also sets up for not only what happens with our own franchise, it happens, kind of gives you an idea of where baseball is looking for the future, too. Tampa Tampa's so far behind where we are, it's unbelievable. And now I just brought to you the issues of Anaheim, ownership issues, money issues, ballpark issues. There's, you know, in the end, the goal, and the commissioner has told you, the goal is to expand to 32 teams. But it keeps sprouting up. There's issues. Tampa is so far from having a real plan. They are so far behind. 
and now I'm bringing you these problems that I know are brewing in Anaheim. Brewing. You know, they, they had, they, they've had political issues, criminal issues. They've had, if you read up on this thing, you can follow it in the L.A. Times and also the Orange County Register. There's problems. So this, this vote for relocation, I don't know how they're going to vote, but it will tell you a lot. I think that's the number one thing because it sets up for not only what happens with the athletics, but it also sets up for future stuff too. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll give you mine real quick before we get to Mark Kotze. Does Juan Soto get number five? Does Juan Soto get traded for the second straight trade deadline? No. Will the Rays go coast to coast? Everyone keeps saying Baltimore is going to take over. T- Toronto is going to win the division. Can the Rays go coast to coast? And can the and, and can the media handle it? Already no. <laughs> like they they're, they're everybody's trying to predict that the Rays are at like they cannot handle. It's like this is not it's not good for the Northeast business. If you watch the All Star game, if you watch the post game show, that's the worst thing ever. I hate to step on this on you, but real quick, that they, they had you got Jeter. You got Big Poppy and you got A Rod. And they're asking them, and everything is Red Sox Yankee centric. All of a sudden, Jeter's got Soto going to the Yankees. Big Poppy, who did he have going to uh, New York? I wasn't watching. I mean, Big Poppy had, God, Big Poppy had somebody going to. Uh, I remember him as a twin. I think he had Otani going to the Red Sox. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> it's just like, do you guys think that, that this is all we care that? You can't really believe – you wonder why the All-Star game was the lowest-rated All-Star game. They have made this thing so New York, Boston, East Coast-centric, the broadcast. It's just like, ah, enough. Three, can the Cleveland Guardians repeat in the Central? Because I tell you because we're playing the Twins and they're a half game behind the Guardians entering play today. Yeah. Two, Ronald Acuna in the pursuit of 40, 70, 100, and 100. It's pretty remarkable. 40 home runs, 70-plus steals, 100 runs scored, and 100 runs driven in. Okay, you're just saying a guy's pursuing. What's the prediction? Oh, uh, can, he, can he get there? Can well, he you're get just the f- asking a question. Why, you got to give me a – oh, that's your storyline? Yeah, can oh. he get the, that, the, those stat, slash, slash line? Okay. Because we're talking about 40-40 from well, – he's already at 42 stolen bases. He plays year. in Atlanta, so no one will cover it, unfortunately. <laughs> but he's incredible. That's like everybody who talked about a great Juan Soto. Acuna is a better player than Soto. By far. And finally, it has to do with Otani, but not Otani leaving. Will Otani break Aaron Judge's American League home run record? He's currently on pace for 57. Ooh. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's pitching tonight. Yeah, he is. Who are they, who are they playing? Uh, they're playing right now. So, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of interesting stuff. If you really just follow the game on a daily basis, unfortunately for a lot of you, Football season will come, and you will check out of all these certain things. But look at what we're talking about. We're talking about Otani passing Judge. I'm talking about – Oh, he's supposed against the Astros. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. That battle of the West, you know, can can, can the Rangers hold on? I, I, I think Aaron Boone and the Yankees falling short again. I mean, at what point are the Yankees like, man, what do the Yankees have left other than Aaron Judge? What do they have? Well, he's not playing, so. I mean, what do they have? <laughs> Garrett Cole. Once again, they're an older – Garrett Cole, yeah. They're an older team that's really expensive, and they've – I mean, how much capital do they have in the minor leagues? I mean, think about that. I mean, Toronto – this is Toronto's time. If Toronto falls short – I mean, here the Rays are. Um, 
the Otani story about trader not what well, he, you know, if he gets traded, okay, then you know, who knows? But if he doesn't get traded, that's two weeks of everybody talking about he gets traded and he doesn't get traded. Yeah, well, the biggest one. I mean, I mean this trading deadline could be an absolute bomb, like yeah. nothing major. Marcus happens. Stroman, it's Marcus like, Stroman could be the biggest name traded. And if that's your, ooh. so here we go. This ties perfectly into Mark Hotze. Uh, this should be, the, should be the most important one for us. Will Tyler Soderstrom lead the team in home runs? I think it's going to be tough. I'm just trying to help you out. Because I picked a Letmus Diaz, and that doesn't Yeah, because Rooker's right. got 16. Yeah. And I got to think he'll hit a couple more. So but he could be traded. So, Sody could. Still, that's a lot of home. Yeah, but, yeah, if Sody comes in, it's 20 bombs. Hit 20 in Vegas ready. How many games we got left? Uh, what, we're 92. So, what is that? That would be 60? 60 games left? a lot of bombs for a rookie. But. What? You can tell me you can't hit 20 in 60 games. Didn't Vegas. But different. Different environment, completely. different, different climate, <laughs> different everything, different everything, different climate, different, di- di- far different climate. But I mean, this is an exciting time, man. Gives you something to watch. I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for Sunday. You know what? This is a ten-game homestand. We got two different long homestands. This is the first of two ten-game homestands in the second half. Yeah, the other one's in September. I think it's a 15, 16th to 25th go. or something. There's a twenty-game stretch here where the A's are only going to leave California one time. Wow, uh, Johnny, correct me. It's actually seventy games left. The great Johnny Dosco. Johnny D's listening. He's standing by for A's total access. Where is by. the great Johnny D right? Is Johnny D on radio or TV? He's doing radio with the great Ken Korak. So I'll be talking to Johnny D after the ball game. Correct. He's standing by. A's total access brought to you by Chevron. There you go. So we better I get love the, it. We better get the Kotze then. Give me some Johnny D. Uh, how about Johnny D? You think he's – Johnny's got to be excited. See, this is right up Johnny's alley because Johnny's seen these guys. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, Johnny's seen these guys. I mean, he can get. I mean, he could be our boots on the ground when it comes to the to uh, the scouting report. Uh, I got I got Shooty Babbitt's scouting report. You want it real quick? Do we have time? Uh, no, because we got Kotze's fifteen minutes, so we got to go. Okay. Uh, enjoy, Ace fans. We've been asking for this. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Sodas from Geloff. Before you know it, Butler's going to be here. Harris is going to be here. Come on. The kids are finally here. Here is the manager of the Oakland Athletics, Mark Kotze. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep for all your bedding needs. Your mattress, your sheets, your pillows, you name it. You go to one of their stores in the Bay Area or you go online to nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. All right, Mark Hatze, time to get off the beach, put the sunscreen away, put the surfboard away. The second half, are you excited, Ray, to rock? I am. I'm excited about the second half. Obviously, there's some change uh, taking place here, and uh, all good, all in the right direction. I think that uh, the Ace fans should be excited about it. Yeah, I think the news when it came out energized the fan base because you've been waiting, you've been hearing about Soderstrom, you've been hearing about Geloff. You've read about him. You've heard about him. We've had both the guys on here on A's Cast Live. There always is, when a team is looking to get better in the future, a lot of energy around the young kids coming up. I can tell you, if you look at all of our social platforms, uh, my cell phone, all these A's fans are super fired up. What's it like for the manager? 
No, it, it is exciting. You know, um, you think back to, you know, your own career. And when I got called up at 21 on a team in 97 with the Marlins and how exciting that was and, and to step into that major league locker room for the first time, um, you know, there's going to be some butterflies for sure. Uh, there's going to be some growing pains for Tyler and for Zach. Uh, and don't don't forget to mention Freddie Tarnock as well. So uh, these three kids are going to walk into that locker room today with a lot of energy, uh, a lot of excitement. And uh, and I think it's going to be great for our ball club. You know, when you think about that team in 97, you were going to an established team that would win the World Series. Obviously, we're not looking at that with the A's. So what's it going to be like for these kids? Because they're going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, I mean, it's more more reflective of my 98 season. And, you know, in 97, I was only there for 18 days. So in and out, I did my job, um, you know. But in 98, starting out the season and looking in the locker room, it was it was a little different feeling. It was Mike Lowell, yeah. it was Alex Gonzalez, it was Luis Castillo, it was Preston Wilson. Uh, Kevin Millar. So these are all names that that obviously became very established big leaguers for, um, you know, several years, a, a 10 plus year careers. And uh, so I think these guys are walking into that situation more than than what I did in 97. Um, but anytime, you know, you you get this chance to to put on a big league uniform to represent the organization that drafted you in Tyler and Zach, I think these guys are going to have a lot of pride when they take the field. They're going to play with a lot of passion. Um, you know, and they, they deserve this. Um, both of them have done a nice job uh, this year in AAA. Um, you know, they've put up good numbers, and, you know, we're hoping that that translates to, uh, to the big leagues. As you mentioned, there's going to be some bumps in the road. It's a roller coaster ride. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. What is the key for you? What is the key for the coaching staff to help these kids when they're going through the lows? Yeah, I think you've seen it this year so far. I think, you know, the coaching staff in April – uh, we realized what we needed to get done, how much we needed to dig in and teach. And, and I think that's just the same message for for what we're getting into with Zach and with Tyler. Tyler's going to be, um, you know, challenged with a lot on his plate. He's uh, he's going to play catcher some. Um, he's going to play first base and he gets some DH at bats. And, and so that's challenging when you get to the big leagues. The catching position, as we've seen with Shea, is the, is the most difficult to to uh, accelerate progress in and, and you know, I think the, the biggest thing for these guys is to keep them confident, to, to just keep working them um, as we're going to do with this ball club. You know, we've come a long way. We're more competitive now than we were in April and May. Um, and, you know, we want to continue in that direction. And, and that's the goal of the coaching staff. And I think that's the goal of the players in the room. Have you really thought about actual playing time, how it's going to work with Tyler? Because as you mentioned, you got Shea behind the plate. You've got Ryan Noda, who's trying to establish himself at first base. Uh, obviously, you mentioned DH, but you want this kid to play a lot of defense, too. Have you thought about exactly how it's going to work? Yeah, I mean, I can show you my notes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you talked about the beach and the surfing. This, this guy doesn't surf, but, um, you know, there, there was some downtime, you know, Sunday night, Monday night and uh, into Tuesday. But but once I you know found out that, um, you know, we we're going to make this change in direction with these players coming to the big leagues, there was time spent and kind of just thinking through their processes and how I can help them um, not only keep them fresh, but but keep them, uh, you know, in the right in the right frame of mind. Um, you know, they're going to play the majority of the time and, and, and have this experience. And, you know, we're going to watch their successes and their failures and evaluate that. But you know, for Tyler, um, you know, not, I don't want to, you know, grind him into, you know, catching 
and playing first and, and not getting some time off as well. So there's a balance to it. And uh, we'll watch their, you know, workloads as, as that's called, as it's called now, you know, instead of just how much they, how much their body can handle. And, and I think that's kind of key for Tyler and, you know, Zach is, is a strong kid. He's going to want to play every day as well. Yeah. And let's not forget Jordan Diaz. Let's not forget Ruiz. So is that what we're the plan now in the second half is we're going to see mostly the young guys. And obviously that'll be a tough conversation for you with some of the veterans. Yeah, no, no question. I think, you know, obviously still, you know, Tony, I mean, we're, we're here to win games. So these young guys have to perform, um, you know, and, and I won't let guys sit on the bench for an extended period of time. That's just, just not how I like to manage. I like to involve everybody. I think uh, all 26 guys can help this club win. So we are going to still continue to do that. We're still going to continue to play everyone and give these guys chances to have success. And, you know, there's still a big date out there in two weeks from now, there's, there's a trading deadline as well. So, um, you know, this ball club uh, has some pieces I feel like that might get moved that might be able to go on and and help a team win. But um, for right now, where we are here, here and now, you know, the young guys are going to get those at bats and and we're going to mix those veteran guys in and, and uh and hopefully have success as you were sitting back during the all-star break i know i mean i don't manage the team i'm just a guy who's around the team i thought about a lot of stuff what is it like for you during the all-star break when you kind of get a chance to unplug sit back reflect on the first half think about the second half the direction of where you want the team to go what was this all-star break for you and if could if you could share some of those thoughts yeah, you know, I think uh, as I left Boston um, Sunday, I, I kind of tried to detach, really um, give myself a 48-hour period of, of not trying to think about baseball, um, you know, where we're at as a club, and uh, and just spend time with my family, really. Um, you know, when Wednesday rolled around, the, the, the phone started, you know, blowing up a little bit more, um, you know, in terms of what was happening and, and phone calls that need to be made and, and you know, attachment again. Um, you know, you lock back in and uh, and really start focusing on, you know, the future and, and the preparation for a second half. So uh, I did get two good quality days. I got to see my former bench coach, Brad Osmus, in the Cape and um, really spend Monday with him and his family and had a clam bake, which was amazing. Uh, first nice. That. So, um, yeah, that was that was really cool. The, the East Coast, uh, Cape Cod, we didn't catch a game, but. Uh, it's a place that holds kind of some special memories for myself. Uh, after my freshman year in college, I went out there and played in the league. And and uh, my family being in Boston, when I played for the Red Sox, would go out there and, and spend a couple of days on vacation. So uh, there was a lot of peace for those first two days. And then, again, it, it started to, to kind of digest the workload and, and uh, start making phone calls, reaching out to these young players and congratulating them. Uh, having a tough conversation with a guy like Tyler Wade, who we who we designated for assignment. Uh, again, this is his second time going through this process, but he's decided to stay with the organization. He'll be back in Vegas. Um, you know, so uh, there, there's also work involved as well. Clam bakes are legit. Yeah, it was great. The lobster was amazing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it had corn, it had mussels, uh, clams, uh, potatoes. So, yeah, I mean – I didn't get any skinnier on the all-star break. Well, good for you. I mean, you need to, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're a team that, you know, you're in first place, you hit that all-star break, you want a little bit of a break. You can't wait to get back. But when you've been going through what you're going through 
it's a mental grind. It's tough. And as competitive as you are, it's not easy. So I'm glad you detached uh, kind of some goals or what do you want to see? What what exactly do you want to see or some goals that you may have for this club? Going young or not, as you said, still about winning games. What do you want to see in the second half? Yeah, I want to see continue uh, us to continue to be competitive. We we have been competitive over the last month, I think, in that stretch. Um, at one point, I think if you had looked at the last 26 games, we were 13 and 13, which is which is solid for um, where we started out from. So I think, you know, continued continued progress in the right direction, doing the fundamental things right. You know, Boston, we 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 didn't play well in Boston uh, the first two days and it showed the last day we again didn't execute the fundamentals um in a game where we could have added on we were up 3-1 we had a chance to go up 5-1 we couldn't get a bunt down um several times and we made some base running mistakes so cleaning up those little things townie really uh and 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 from those young guys eliminating those mistakes and and teaching them what it means to be a championship type team uh executing one one count you know fastballs or for strikes or breaking balls for landing breaking balls behind in the count i think we've seen progress with you know, J.P. Sears and 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 really is, he's establishing himself as a major league starter. You know, I want to see that from Ken Waldachuk. You know, Freddie Tarnock's going to get called up uh, today and he's going to get an opportunity to, to, to show what he can do. Um, you know, so you go through these guys, these young guys, um, Brett Harris, uh, again, you know, on the mound, really wanting to see them, you know, Take take the reins and, and start running with it. And, you know, we're going to have some impact this second half on some of these winning teams that we're going to play, um, you know, and that's the goal. The goal is to, to, to win as many games as possible in the second half and, you know, keep our heads down and, and play good quality baseball uh, and teach these kids how to be a championship type team. Just one thing on the draft before we let you go. I was thinking about it because, you know, we started seeing all the different picks coming across. And I just thought, man, if there was any place that I would like to get drafted, knowing the fastest, the yellow brick road leading right to the big leagues is this organization right now. It's like you're not blocked. You show up, you're legit, you put up numbers, you'll be here faster than probably any other organization. I don't know if you'll ever get a chance. I know you'll talk to some of these kids probably down at spring training, but am I looking at it it the right way? Like, I mean, this is this is exactly what you you want to play in the big leagues. You're gonna have, if you put up the numbers and you do the right things. I mean, you've got the fastest path to the big leagues. These kids were just drafted by the A's. No, I couldn't agree more, honestly, Townie. And uh, I thought our draft went well. I thought we added to the organization where um, there's some deficiency, and that's on the mound. I think we took 11 pitchers out of uh, 21 picks. Um, we we took a lot of college arms uh, in the middle of the draft. And I think uh, we, we, you know, reached for a couple of high school arms uh, that that should have impact as well. So I think on the mound, if you're looking at it uh, and you got drafted by this organization, your your collegiate type, you know, pitcher, you you've got a fast track if you go out and dominate. And and you know that's the that's the key really. And when I say dominate, you know, I mean for me, um, you know, you go out and pitch in AAA, you should be pitching if you're a starting pitcher, you should be pitching six seven innings a start. And when you're, you know, really, you know, at that level, I think there's there's an opportunity for you to get to the big leagues uh, at an accelerated path. So uh, even from the position side, as you talk about, you know, um, there is a ton of opportunity in this organization. Um, but I still think that, you know, for us at the major league level, um, you know, our job 
as again, we go back to winning games, but teaching them how to be championship players. And that's really the detail of the game. And, and I think, you know, in development, um, we're going to really focus and, and lean on that, that message that, uh, you know, you want to get to the big leagues, you've got to do everything right. Well, I can tell you, a lot of people are excited. The kids are coming up. Great stuff. Good luck in the second half. And, of course, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Tony. Thanks. It's the Mark Hatze Show right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. And the sponsor of the Mark Hatze Show is Nest Betting. Check out their locations in the Bay, in the Bay Area for all your betting needs, your mattress, your pillow, your sheets, you name it. Or you go to nestbetting.com. That's nestbetting.com. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.